This is the Cinematography for Actors podcast. More than a podcast, CFA is a vibrant community devoted to bridging the gap between talent and crew. Each week, our show offers transparent, insightful conversations with industry leaders. We unveil the magic behind the scenes from candid discussions about unique filmmaking processes to in-depth technical exploration. Join us in unraveling the intricacies of filmmaking one episode at a time. It's more than just cameras and lenses over here. We aim to inspire, educate, and empower as we peel back the curtain on the art of effective storytelling. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. All right. As a DP, I know purchasing gear can kind of be a nightmare. Whether you're talent or crew, finding technical solutions to any of your problems can be very challenging. And what's even harder is knowing where to go. So we have an answer for you. Head over to BandPro one of our incredible sponsors here at CFA. Whether you're looking for high-end cameras and lenses or looking for guidance on what is needed to get started on this equipment journey of yours, BandPro has the gear and team that you need to thrive in your own career. They are the exclusive representative of Ingenue's complete cinema line for all of North and South America, and their customer support is fantastic. Not only do they have a great team to answer any product question you might have, but they also have a talented team of in-house technicians that you can actually talk to to get your equipment back up and running. Which is really important, especially if you're on set. So, bonus. (laughs) Go to bandpro.com or stop in at their location in Burbank. And please make sure to say hi from CFA because we love them so very much. Yeah, hello. Thanks, everyone. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another special AFI Fest episode of Cinematography for Actors podcast. I am your host, Haley Royal, and I'm here with Florian Anderson, who it's been a minute since we've seen Flo. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, And I'm seated here with the team from Lucky Market. We have, for our second time, Eric Wang Schwager. It's Schwager, right? Uh, Schwager, but that's okay. Schwager, but you also like swag. Yep. Okay. Man, we brought that one back? Really? (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Uh, We have DP Rayana Rasami and uh, producer, another, for a second time around, Cindy Shung. Hi, you guys. Hi. Thank you for having us. We are glad you're here. We have so much to talk about. Before we get going, Eric, why don't you give us a little logline to let everyone know what we're looking at? Yeah, absolutely. So Lucky Market is about Min, an older grocer who uh, is on her last day of work and then is kind of just saying goodbye to this home she's created uh, when all of a sudden uh, a racist, violent attack happens that makes her reconsider everything she's ever accomplished. So, Mm. yeah. Okay. So, I mean lighthearted at points i mean you know you know my taste <laughs> yeah absolutely uh there actually is it is kind of a dramedy yeah, yeah. we had some festivals label yeah. us as a dramedy okay, uh great. there are some moments uh i think the levity also helps uh accent the drama right in mm. a lot of ways um, yeah. yeah yeah okay so you shot at a supermarket mm-hmm. of course um because that's what it's about um let's talk about some of the logistics with that cindy was that something that you felt like you really had to spearhead to make sure that it was we know someone else who's having a hard time it's not easy um how'd you go about it yeah i mean like it's not easy to find because like we really want to like find a market that can like represent like a asian supermarket mm-hmm. which is like rare to find it like in la even so we scout a lot of like supermarkets around the town like 
I think like we did like I don't know like five or six a day like for several <laughs> oh, days yeah. it's like crazy but eventually like we found this like really nice sweet uh, little like grocery store and which has like the possibility to be redressed to an Asian market and or a production designer like Sandra like did a great job on redressing yeah. it like mm-hmm. to uh, feel like uh, you know a real one so yeah. and we have to show like three like overnights yeah. which is like tough but also like um, that's what how it is like to fit in our budget but also like uh, make it work uh-huh. for our film <laughs> yes and then there are also Rihanna I want to talk to you about some of the technical obstacles that come with shooting in a real <laughs> store because you oh, can't yeah. you need to fit things in you can't just chop off the end of a nile or walls, something no. how do you work around that kind yeah, of thing yeah it was a lot of planning amongst like Eric, Sandra, and I, and just working so collaboratively together um, and communicating like what our shots are, are going to be so that we could design our shots around the physical limitations mm-hmm. of the place as well. Um, and then working with Cindy and our first AD because we had a lot of scheduling logistics. Um, so we had to light for night for day and then day for night (laughs) and it was just everything Um, and so a lot of that involves so much communication on the forefront amongst all of your department heads. Right yeah we love hearing about communication amongst departments that's something that we're big about (laughs) in cinematography for actors is the communication with your collaborators. Mm -hmm. Are there things that you look for all three of you actually in collaborators that you know it'll work out really well? Are there elements of a person's personality that you like to see your professional style oh man I think the biggest one for me is building rapport and trust Mm -hmm. like I'd say like Eric is one of my closest friends and collaborators and we met like doing our first cycle film together at AFI and from there it's just like really getting to like know each other and like supporting one another and just like you know we are on the same team Mm -hmm. and being able to speak that language I think is so important as a part of this process and just like you know you have a rough idea and then it gets polished over time into a diamond so that's been like our relationship yeah I think speaking of communication I'm interested in how do you convey the dramedy how do you convey that to your actor to find it's such a fine line where like how how to be funny, how to mm. like be stay truthful yeah. while being funny. Like what's the conversation with your actors? Yeah. I mean at least for my taste and uh, in this film, they have to be taking themselves completely seriously. You know what I mean? Like I don't think if it becomes a little slapsticky, uh, no offense to that if that's what you want to do, but that wasn't the, this movie. Um, if they aren't taking themselves seriously. And I think that a lot of times their performance is accented by where the camera is, what's around them art-wise and everything where, you know, if you have a wide that's just a little too wide as someone scuffles out, it's kind of, it's funny. You have that physical comedy to it, whereas if like you're right there on their face, no, no matter how incredible of an actor they are, you won't get that same type of punchline. So I think a lot of times we always talk about how much we can help the actors and then through the, exactly, and then let them play around in that space. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of conversations with talent and crew, you you direct in two languages, is that correct? Uh, I did, yeah. I directed, uh, this was Mandarin and then English in this, yeah. And was it because your talent was speaking Mandarin? What oh, was man. the reason This is a sore subject in? because I don't oh, speak no. Mandarin. I know, oh, I'm okay. multi-ethnic, but uh, I think, you know, a lot of, uh, in the past, assimilation was more in vogue than uh-huh. actually, like, you know, being unique and having that voice. So yes. my, my mom uh, didn't necessarily want us to learn Mandarin. Okay. Um, 
and just focus on English. And, you know, I keep telling her one of these days I'll study uh, Mandarin, but, you know, so you got to hook it up, man. You got to help me out, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. I, I mean, like, I speak Chinese. So, like, uh, we were always, like, there, like, for the shoot. And, like, I'm, like, helping, like, with, like, communication and, like, note-taking and, like, helping with, like, some of, like, the pronunciations on set. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, we made it work. Yeah, fine, that's what they want. Well, I think it was also nice because once we got in the rhythm, like, it was just an extra step in the directing and before you check the gate, you know, because we did shoot film. Uh, like, before you check the gate, like, having one more step and one more, like, level of communication of are we good to actually move on or, you know, like, is there something I didn't hear, but, like, I felt that everything was good. So it was just, you know, once we got in that rhythm, it was pretty seamless. So, uh, directing in two languages, and you also shot, if I may use a metaphor, you also shot in two languages, film and mm, digital. Yes. Can you talk yeah. about that decision? Oh, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Eric, but you, you gave me a task, and you're like, find a reason to shoot on digital and film. And I had to like, think about this. And I was like, I wait, oh, you don't? Because <laughs> no. I remember well, I remember it. Like, like the idea, like us talking about, like, let's do like film and digital and mixed media because it is yeah. like, more common on like bigger budget stuff. And I thought it was a good like exercise. But yeah, this is really I funny. See. I don't yeah. remember like giving you a task. You did. You did. Um, you blacked it out from your memory, yeah. but it's okay because yeah. uh, I remember. And I get to tell this story now because yes. I was like, all right. My experiences growing up as an Asian American American in this culture, um, I went to the grocery store, the Asian grocery stores with my mom. And so all of that felt photographic and nostalgic and it felt like film photographs to me. So there's a lot of texture. Um, and so I suggested, hey, why don't we like look into shooting super 16 mil because the grain, like the granular textures are a little bit more prominent than 35 millimeter, which is a lot more finer. And sometimes you can't tell the difference between 35 millimeter and shooting on RE camera. So that was the choice that we went with for um, the footage leading up to the attack. And then when she gets attacked, men, our protagonists, we then switch over to digital. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah give us that different kind of feeling yeah it's very oh, lucid sobering and just you know it's a shift in her perspective of how she sees the world i would love to know what each of you is proudest of in this particular film production the process Oof. what are you happy with <laughs> Man. yeah do you want yeah. to go ahead first? Go ahead? <laughs> sure, sure. Right. I can I can start like because uh, like initially like I'm like really wanted to make a like a film about uh, Asians like in the U.S. Mm -hmm. and kind of like inspired by like uh, a true event that like a real elderly woman was like getting attacked um, because of sort of like hate crime like in right. San Francisco, but yes. she really like fights back. And uh, initially, I had this like idea, and then like I'm so glad that we I found a team like that's all into like making something that delivers like the the message and to find like the strengths and uh, power in like elderly Asian women, which is like yes. a rare perspective that people don't usually see and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just like glad we made it, <laughs> 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 which I'm like really proud of. You know, that's 
wonderful Rayana. Um, I'm really proud that we were able to make something uh, emotionally impactful in 12 minutes. I think yes. what I learned, um, like my biggest takeaway from film school is making a short film is really hard to do. Um, much harder than having 90 minutes to two hours to tell a story. And so I felt like we really honed our storytelling skills and were able to accomplish that in Lucky Market. Yeah. yeah. I Eric? I think off of both of those, like the team, the story, and then just the performances, I think we had a larger cast than I'm used to for a short film. And I think that we were able to, like everyone just really brought their A game. And, you know, my, one of my favorite scenes I've ever directed was the last scene of this film. And so I just think that like, you know, Syndra, Chen, Harmony, I mean, like Jing, they, everyone just did their thing and it was really, really incredible. So I was really proud of that. Thank yeah. you for sharing all of those with yeah. us, everyone. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. We have to wrap everything up, but looking forward to catching it. And thanks so much. Thank thanks, you. everyone. Thank you very much. Yeah. Join us in bridging the gap between talent and crew. Start by subscribing on your preferred podcast platform. Sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date on vendor discounts, community events, new podcast releases, and you can educate yourself through our free course releases on YouTube. It all starts at cinematographyforactors.com. And if you like this episode, consider leaving a review to make it easier for fine folks just like yourself to find us. <laughs> we have some super exciting news. CFA has teamed up with We Make Movies to offer you a discount on production management services, including access to comprehensive production insurance, workers' comp for your next shoot. All you have to do is visit wemakemovies.com insurance and use code CFA23 on your intake form for 10% off your quote. Also, we've just partnered with We Audition, which I'm sure you know I'm very excited about, to offer you 25% off your membership. Use code CFA25 to get that membership for only $7.50 a month or $75 a year.